This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You are listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hey everyone, welcome to the Friday, December 22nd, 2017 NBA edition of On the Daily, brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. I'm Matt LaMarca, who you can find on Twitter at Matt LaMarca, and I'm joined tonight by Sean Kane, who you can find on Twitter at Hey Mr. Kane. Uh, Sean is a contributor for Rotoviz and Fantasy Labs and is also the host of the Lineup Logic podcast. Sean, how's everything going? Good, man. I, uh, I'm just keeping an eye on uh, this this Knicks-Celtics game right now as we're recording. I mean, the Knicks got a lead going through the fourth, which is uh, just kind of unprecedented, you know, to, to have a Celtics team that we thought was, you know, seemed like one of the favorites for Eastern Conference. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Conference finals to be losing by six points to the Knicks at the Garden is, is a good sign for Knicks fans. Yeah, as a Nick fan, or I don't know, my Nick fandom has waned throughout the years. But by the uh, way, I've, I didn't set I didn't set you up for that. I didn't know you were a Nick fan. <laughs> I <laughs> I, uh, I find this team fun and frisky. Uh, I like Enos Cantor a whole lot more than I thought I was going to. Like I know he's a ball stopper that plays no defense, but like he's fun. He'll he'll try and fight anybody on any any given night, which I like. Uh, yeah, they're okay. You know, like. A lot of the stink of the Phil Jackson era, you know, it still lingers, but it's it's okay this year. You know, we, we're battling for the eight seed or whatever, so it's it's kind of a fun team. Yeah, they fall into the the same category as the Bulls. Like you're not expect with with such with no expectations, you're actually very pleased. Um, so long as you keep that very clearly, like there are no expectations here. Right. Um, yeah. So your your night kind of signs. Uh, Sounds kind of similar to mine. I've just been watching some basketball, and uh, I started wrapping some some Christmas presents for my family. Uh, decided that wrapping presents is the most negative EV thing you can do on the planet. <laughs> completely, completely agree with that. Don't wrap the presents. Uh, just I, you know what I like to do? A move that I got good at late, late in my my Christmas family Christmas career. Now, if I have kids, like I gotta wrap them. Yeah, right? yeah, but yeah. That's different. I would, uh, I would just like, I would 
you know, I would like it. It would be like almost like a surprise delivery. So I just leave it in a closet in a bedroom and like walk it out, walk out <laughs> all the gifts and, you know, like make the family guess like, well, who's who, what's for who, uh, you know, just that kind of St. Nick type effect. I think that works too. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like if I stuck just a Amazon shipping box under the tree. <laughs> Like you're Which not going to know what it is. All your gifts anyway. You exactly. bought them all. I just wrapped the Amazon box. It doesn't add any level of intrigue or surprise. It gets ripped off in 15 seconds, probably less. I think this is the last year I'm doing it. I like it. I like it. Just anyway, make sure you make sure you you know run it by run it by some folks before you before you do it. <laughs> I don't know. I like to live dangerously. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's let's move on to basketball. We've got a nice nine game slate set up for Friday. Uh we have a few games without spreads at this moment waiting on inf- injury information. Actually, 5 out of the 9 have no spread listed yet. Um but let's dive in and and we'll try to break it down as best as we can with the information that we have available at the moment. So, first game of the night, the New York Knicks, the Frisky Knicks on the road against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, no spread here currently. Tim Hardaway Jr. remains out for the Knicks, while Avery Bradley is out for the Pistons. Uh, all right, so let's start with the Knicks side. Who do you like here? Oh, you know, it's hard because Pistons have kind of floated as an average to above average defensive team, currently 14th in overall defensive efficiency. You don't really feel like there's a lot of weaknesses um i think if you're going to attack them you might do it at the point guard position but that's not really a strength of the knicks right now um back to back for porzingis coming off the injury i don't really i don't know if he's gonna i mean what do you think his chances are of playing after he he was questionable coming into tonight and will they you know do you think they rest him yeah that's a good question um i'd like to hope that they didn't rush him back if he wasn't fully ready ready to play but I also think it's definitely a situation where they will try to exercise caution. So definitely, yeah, I, I could see maybe limited minutes if he does suit up, but I do think at eighty four hundred on DraftKings, if there's no limitations, that's like a price tag that he can do a lot of damage at. No, absolutely, that is, that is a really nice price tag, and. I'm not really scared of either Drummond or Tobias Harris. He kind of has an edge in both of those matchups. Drummond, you know, drawing Drummond out to the perimeter, um, you know, you like that, getting him off the dribble. Um, and Tobias Harris is long, but not quite long enough to deal with Porzingis. So uh, I think that it could be a, a good spot for him. Michael Beasley is just balling out right now. Um and if he stays, in the, there's no reason that he shouldn't stay in the lineup here and and continue to be relatively high usage score for for this team but he's up to 6k on FanDuel um but getting 30 minutes in the last two games I mean he's got 27 points tonight against Boston which is a top-ranked defense yeah you feel what what do we do with that um I, I think that Beasley's very tough to trust at such an elevated price tag I mean he probably has some ceiling in this matchup but I don't think he's going to play more than like 26 to 28 minutes if everybody's fully healthy so uh, he's probably a little too pricey for me at the moment that said I'm very happy for Michael Beasley I've always felt that you know he's had like a bottom 10% outcome on his career you know like he could have been 
not maybe not an all-star level player, but he certainly could have been a much better player than what he turned out throughout his career. So I'm happy that he's having a little bit of a re- rejuvenation this season. He's uh, your favorite player's favorite player. Remember when he said he said that at training camp? I yeah, absolutely. I'm all in on Michael Beasley, so good for him. Um, let's move over to Detroit. Who do you like over there? I am. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not really a Detroit guy. Like I, I never really consider unless it's an Andre Drummond smash spot. I, I never really consider rostering the Pistons. I think the one person that I do feel relatively comfortable with. Is, is strangely enough is Ish Smith. He's 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 such a discounted price and so consistent um, that you really you don't need much from him. And in the case that he gets it going and in Stan Van Gundy leaves him out there for twenty five minutes, as he can very well do, um, you know he's a guy who can get you ten assists. And strange as that sounds, if you really need to punt a point guard position, I feel like. Ish Smith is is an interesting way to do it. Other than that, you know these rotations change all the time. Uh, Stan is is very fickle about who he likes to leave in certain games. Tobias Harris is priced way too expensive for the role he's been playing lately. Um, I, and and Avery Bradley is injured, so there's not much that I like here. Yeah, I agree. It'd be one thing if one of you know, Stanley Johnson or Reggie Bullock or Luke Kennard was like getting all the consistent minutes, but that really hasn't been the case. So there's not even like a clear punt play that I think we can go to in this matchup. So I'm with you. I think for the most part, uh, I might get some Andre Drummond exposure against Enos Cantor, but the Knicks have actually been okay against centers this year. Um, they've got pretty good rebounding numbers as well. So I don't think it's a smash spot for Drummond, like you said, and and his production has been sort of down recently. So uh, maybe just a a little bit of GPP exposure, but I don't think that this is a game we want to really go crazy on. Yeah. All right, before we get to the next game, uh, let's talk quickly about the Rotoviz NBA Pass. That gets you access to all the content at Rotoviz this season, and listeners to the podcast can get a 30% discount through the podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash NBA podcast. All right, next game, another one with no spread information is the New Orleans Pelicans at the Orlando Magic. The big injury info here is Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier, both doubtful to return for the Magic. So uh, Orlando has been a side that's been giving us some some value recently, and it looks like we might have it again in this contest. So let's start with the Pelicans. Uh, obviously, the Pelicans really start with Davis and Cousins. Do you think you'll consider using either of those guys here? I think you have to. Um, I, I think you have to, given given the fact that there there's a potential that Anthony Davis is going to be matched up against um, a combination of Mario Hazonia and um, the rookie, uh, what's his name, from Isaac. Florida State. Yeah, yeah Jonathan Isaac. Uh, you know, and Isaac, I, there's a there's a there's a vision here that eventually John Isaac could guard a guy like Anthony Davis. He has the length, he has the athletic profile, but he's not going to do it uh, in, in this game. And I think Orlando, we've seen way too much production in the front court against Vucevic, who just defensively is a total liability because he just he doesn't quite have the athleticism to stay with someone like Demarcus Cousins. So. The only concern that I have is, is if you notice his trend recently of Cousins 
the production just hasn't really been there at the elite level that we've seen. He's only getting about, you know, near like 33 minutes in two of the last five games um, or two and then 28 minutes in, in one of those. The turnovers have been insane. Yeah, unreal turnovers. Like over five a game he's averaging this season. It's unbelievable. And so, you know, you got to think the gentry to some degree has to limit how much trust he puts in, in cousins. Um, whereas, you know, Davis has been really, really consistent, rarely turning the ball over double digit rebounds, uh, you know, and, and, and over 20 points and, and all of his last three games, Oh, excuse me, not over double digit rebounds in the Washington game, but nine rebounds there. But of course, the nicked up injury, he has the wrist injury in the Washington game. You're like, Oh God, is he going to come back? I have no idea. So you have a, a level of risk with both of these guys right now at their price points. Um, I, I I don't know. Where are you at with them? Of the two, I like Davis more, but it is almost comical at this point. Like, two straight games now he's had to come out with an injury. Now, granted, he's come back in both, but it's like, it's it's literally like every time this guy falls down or steps the wrong way, he gets hurt. It's yeah. unbelievable. So, like, I know this isn't a revelation about Anthony Davis, but... It's just like it's it's like something's got to give, <laughs> but yeah. At, I wonder I wonder how much of it is the medical staff like babying him. Um, you know, there's always I've always heard that theory from some NBA heads of like it, you know New Orleans medical staff is actually terrible and they have kid gloves with Anthony Davis. I don't know if that's part of it. Maybe interesting. I mean, I, I really have no speculations on it, but it, it's just like every time you roster this guy, you got to hold your breath. So. I do like the price tag on him a little bit better than on Cousins, especially, like you said, the the minutes for Cousins are down and the usage has been a little bit down as well. Um, So I think of the two, I like Davis, but uh, neither of them is like super high on my priority list for for this slate, I think. I I, I think that's fair, especially considering what the other studs that you have uh, available to you. Right. Um, Drew Holiday, on the other hand, I am very interested in against the Orlando Magic. I love Drew Holiday, and the reality is, is he's he's actually had almost as much production as as these guys have from just a like just straight points perspective. Um, and he is only seventy eight hundred on Fanduel. He's a price point I think that a lot of people avoid in this yep. situation with James Harden there, and you have some value guys who are interesting. That's kind of a price point that people don't make a point of of you. They go, you know, you're going high low at shooting guard, or you're going uh, with two value guys. Uh, so Drew Holiday feels like a, a really interesting play that is a little bit lower owned than he should be. Right, and just you know, Orlando all season has been crushed by. Uh, I'm going to call Holiday a point guard. I know he's technically like a shooting guard, but just what, whatever position he's playing at. He's going to be able to crush the shorthanded defense of the Orlando Magic. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely interested in him. Uh, and then a little bit of exposure to the big men. And, and other than that, there's really nothing that I'm super excited about here. Yeah. All right, for Orlando, uh, who do you like? I mean, you got to go John Simmons. I mean, it's, it's you know, he had, a, he had a rough game, but that was the first one where we have seen him not be like one of the most viable mid-tier cash game type small forwards. You know, he had basically 30 minutes. I was looking at this earlier. 
He has had over 32 minutes in every single game since basically since Thanksgiving. He has pushed 40 minutes in a lot of these. Over the last five, the man has 35 FanDuel points, 35 and a half DraftKings points, averaging 18, 6, and 5 with a steal. And like the floor is just so clear. Like he's had one or two duds, but literally I'm looking at he's he has two duds basically in this span. He's just the profile is perfect for cash games. Yeah, totally. We we can give him a pass for one game. Um, the the usage rate fell off a cliff to fourteen and a half percent, but I don't think that's like a trend or anything as long as this team remains shorthanded. So yeah, I'm totally on board with getting getting back on the Simmons wagon. What about Vucevic? He's been basically crushing everybody, and his price has come back down a little bit on DraftKings. He's back under nine k. Uh, I could see myself, like I personally would probably rather play him than a guy like DeMarcus Cousins on the other side. Yeah, I love the ceiling. Um, you know, New Orleans does allow above average scoring rate in the paint. Um, you know, foul just, trouble. Foul trouble, like the ability to stay in the game and be relevant defensively. I just. There's just a lot of concerns with me. You know, is he able to handle all of these minutes? Like, is he showing fatigue with this usage and not being able to get a lot of, you know, this offensive usage there? But New Orleans is definitely someone that we attack in the paint. We attack him at the center position, you know, regardless of the fact that they have two of the most, the best bigs in, in the league. They're allowing, you know, above average rebounds, above average scoring, everything, you know, across the board um, to the position. So I love that price on DK. Uh, I think on FanDuel, I'm okay. I'm okay going away from it. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel as well. Uh, and I'm sort of in the same boat on Alfred Payton. Like, uh, just as a tournament play, like a contrarian tournament type option, uh, fifty six hundred on DraftKings. Like, I'm always going to be enticed by Payton at that type of price tag, just because you know this guy is a walking triple double threat. He just, I, where has it been, man? Like. He's just not the same elf that he was in 2016 or 2006. Yeah, 2016, 17. He just hasn't been using the ball that much. We haven't seen the high usage, and I don't know necessarily if that's a Vogel thing um, or what. But I totally agree. I'm always intrigued. I've always, you know, I've always liked him. He's he's been a, a profitable player for me in the past, but I just haven't seen it from him this year. So uh, I'm a little bit more wait and see on on elf. But I do think 5600 is a is an enticing price. That's definitely fair. Uh, his last game, he had 35.5 DraftKings points, 14, 6, and 8 line. So maybe I'm just, I'm reading into that and I want it to be there. You know what I'm saying? But, right, right, right. Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm just always looking for an excuse to play him in tournaments because <laughs> like he wins tournaments. That's what he does. That's what Alfred's yeah. Payton, you know, that's what's going to be on his tombstone one day. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next game. We have the Washington Wizards favored by five against the Brooklyn Nets. Washington is on the road. Uh, 212 point total on this game. No injuries really to monitor. So who do we like for the Wizards? I don't really trust John Wall yet. I think that that's the big thing on everybody's mind is can you go to John Wall? He's 9,500 on FanDuel. The minutes are back. He's up to 32, 33 minutes in the last two. The production really hasn't been there, though. Um, you know, and 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 definitely much more, you know, much more formidable opponents in 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 Cleveland and and New Orleans. 
but still opponents that aren't playing good defense this year. So you wonder if he's got his legs, if he feels completely comfortable. Um, you know, the nice one reassuring thing was is in that New Orleans game, he had double digit assists. And, you know, that's always what you want for John Wall to reach value. You know, he's not going to always score, you know, 30 points. But if he gets you those double digit assists, you're going to be in a really, really good, a good position with him. Um, so it's good to see that. I, I think I'm going to be able to stay away from him. If I'm going anywhere, strangely enough, I think on the Wizards side, I'm really intrigued by Mike Scott's new role. Um, he has proven to be like a capable scorer in this offense. And with uh, Markeith Morris, uh, you know, really struggling with the knees, just not healthy. And he can't really take over more than 20 minutes. Um, and Mike Scott has been getting like decent, you know, more than decent bench minutes in the last couple games and has proven to be a very viable scorer. Three straight games with over 28 uh, fantasy points. So, and, and taking like, 15 shots, 14 shots. That's what you really like to see from a guy, um, you know, who, who comes at a discount. So I, I'm, intri- I'm intrigued by Mike Scott. Um, and I'm actually hoping that Otto Porter doesn't play. So maybe we can fire up some Kelly Oubre as well. Right. I, I forgot about the Porter injury. That's definitely something to monitor. Um, I think that this is a good team, at least, to target. Maybe not a good game to target, but uh, I like the Washington side here quite a bit. Interestingly enough, the one guy that I'm like very reluctant to use at this point is Scott because I really? just I just feel the regression coming for him. Like he's shooting something like seventy percent from the field over his last six games. Like that oh, just can't God. that just can't sustain. You know, he no. he only played twenty three and a half minutes against New Orleans. He scored thirty one DraftKings points in that time frame, but he shot eleven of fifteen from the field. So the, the thing is, like, his salary hasn't shot way up. Like, you can definitely still play him. But I'm just afraid that when he finally does have, like, a sub-50% shooting night, he's not going to be able to pay off value. But Gracious. I'm looking at these three-point percentages, too. Yeah. I was like, well, maybe he was getting high-value shots. No, I mean, he, you know, he, he's shooting. Oh, he shot 50%, 66%. 40, 40, and 40 and 42% from, from three. So like, uh, yeah, that you're, you're, you're right to be skeptical about that. The guy who has seen the biggest usage increase for the Wizards with Porter off the court this season is Bradley Beal. So I like him, uh, especially on DraftKings at 7,500. All these guys really have better price tags on DraftKings at the moment. Even John Wall at 8,700, he, uh, I think is, is really intriguing as well. You know, if he does get up to like 34, 35 minutes, I think he could very easily, you know, crush a Brooklyn team that plays really fast and plays no defense. So that that last game, you mentioned the assists are up. He posted a usage rate of over 31%. Like there are a lot of good signs, I think, with John Wall heading forward. And this is obviously like a really, really fantastic matchup. The Bradley Beal price on DK is egregious. Yeah. For the way he has been playing... I mean, that that is unbelievable. So, yes, attack Beal at will on, on DK. All right. What about for Brooklyn? Are you interested in anybody on that side? I always want to be interested in Spencer Dinwiddie. He, I, but I don't know where his minutes have gone. I don't know what's going on with this. Like, it, you know, he got back to 30 minutes in Sacramento game, but he just hadn't, he's not doing 
uh, you know, the kind of everything he was playing this like everything game and that little stretch uh, in December where he was, you know, he was getting you the steals, he was getting you the points, he was getting in it. They're just, it just isn't there anymore. And so you're paying too much for a guy who has kind of, you know, kind of hit a ceiling, I think. Um, other than that, not that much interest. Monday Hollis Jefferson might be in a good spot because we know that you can attack Washington. You know, Marcin Gortat does not do well with athletic, you know, kind of small ball profile fives, and he's been playing that role. Um, that's that's about it, but I hate his price on FanDuel at 6800 I think that's too much. Yep, he's another guy who's a much better value on DraftKings at 6 k So I really like RHJ over there. And Dinwiddie, like, I could see him if these games are a little more competitive you know, getting getting some, some better fantasy numbers. Like, that's the real problem is that they've been getting blown out a lot recently. Yeah. But this is still Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, like, if I had told you earlier this season that Spencer Dinwiddie was going to be 7K, you would have told me I was crazy. So I don't think it's, like, that unrealistic to think that this guy is going to see a little bit of a fall back to reality at some point. Yeah, I, I, completely, I completely agree with that. Um I don't know. Something feels trappy about this game. Yeah, five po- five point spread for Washington. Like that is that disrespectful or is that just me? Um, it's it. Uh, my first reaction was that I thought it was a little low. I mean, yeah. the the spreads are never as big as you think when they're on the road. But fair enough. Yeah, I could totally see this being like a Brooklyn game. You know, I could see the spread certainly makes you think that Vegas wants you to take Washington here. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe Brooklyn keeps it close, and this is an exciting, you know, good up-and-down offensive game. All right, let's move on to the Dallas Mavericks at the Miami Heat. No spread here. Uh, this is going to be a slow-paced game, one of the slowest of the night. Um, however, Miami has offered a lot of injury uh, value recently. They are still without Hassan Whiteside and James Johnson. Uh, Justice Winslow is questionable, and Goran Dragic is questionable. Uh, on the Dallas side, they are really just down Josh McRoberts at the moment, so they're pretty much at full strength. But uh, considering how slow this game is going to be, are, is there anyone that you're targeting on either side here? No, I, I honestly, I I think you know the Tyler Johnson sweepstakes is over. He was amazing in that Boston game, but he only had six points. He you know really made his money on steals on FanDuel, uh, but his price has just jumped way up. Um, I, you know, you could go to Jordan Mickey as a total punt play. Uh, he's been getting decent run. His price is still relatively inexpensive, but Dallas on the interior, you know, they're just kind of sticky. They will play the paint. They'll let you have the three. So there's not much of all, much of anything that I'm interested in. Really for me, it's just going to come down to if Dragic is out, if Dragic is out, uh, I could see myself using Johnson on DraftKings where he's still, uh, affordable at 5400 and I actually really like would, would really like Josh Richardson again as well. He's basically been serving as like a little bit of a backup point guard and seeing just tons of minutes on the wing as well. Um, and he's just crushed recently. He's gone for over 32 FanDuel points in four straight, with the last one coming against Boston, who's been basically like the toughest team in the league on wing defenders. So... Uh, yeah, I think Richardson still would be a, a fine play, uh, like cash game for sure type of play for me if Dragic was going to be out again. 
Yeah, I, the price is still really reasonable considering the production. Yeah, that that I I didn't I didn't really I assumed his price we would continue to see it get hiked up maybe in the mid six k range, but very very reasonable considering how many minutes and how much usage he's he's taken on. And I mean he's an upside guy. You know that Atlanta game showed a lot of that defensive upside that he offers. You know, and on Fanduel he 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 racked up he racked up fifteen points in blocks and steals. So. Right. You know, you you have an elite defensive talent, and Richardson, if he gets that going, um, you, you really like you really like his chances. Uh, for Dallas, for me, there's really no one that I'm looking at. Harrison Barnes has been, you know, a pretty reliable option for most of the season, but this isn't a matchup that I'm looking to target. You know, him in, and then I, I'm keeping my eyes on Dennis Smith Jr. here. You know, I want to see him get back up to like that 30 minute plateau, but if he does, you know, he's certainly underpriced at the moment. So uh, n- not going to play him against Miami. Want to see a little bit more from him moving forward, but definitely looking to take advantage of that price tag while it's still nice and low. Yeah, I honestly, I cannot solve the the, the, the backcourt rotation for, the, the, for Dallas. Um, you know, you have... You know, Yogi Ferrell is getting 30 minutes. Devin Harris and J.J. Barea are both getting 18 minutes. You know, you know, some of these guys are playing point guard. Who's at the two? How could he? You know, so it's it's been a hard thing to decipher. So I think I'm kind of in wait and see to figure out who plateaus and if Carlisle settles anybody into clear roles. Right. And this is all still with Seth Curry not playing. So right, exactly. when he comes back, that's just going to make things even more fun. Right. All right, uh, next game up, we have the Atlanta Hawks at the Oklahoma City Thunder. OKC favored by 10.5, and, and we have a 205-point total. Dennis Schroeder is questionable with an ankle injury for Atlanta. That's really the only injury we're looking at there. So he's basically the entire Hawks offense, or at least he's been a, a huge part of the Hawks offense this season. Uh, I want to say he's like close to 15th in the league in terms of usage rate. If he's gone, that's obviously going to open up a lot for the Hawks. But is this a matchup where we where we want to be targeting, you know, Oklahoma City essentially? I I'm very concerned about a blowout situation here. The Hawks are just bad, They're and yeah. yeah, and 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 OKC is at home. Um, you know, Russ Russ had value uh, the other night against Utah, but let's be clear about this: he shot ten of thirteen from the field like anything lower than that in his night is a relative disappointment um and only about you know 27 minutes of playing time um I really 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 want to like Steven Adams here yep I think this is a phenomenal spot his price really hasn't adjusted um he's 6600 on FanDuel the way that they had been using him before he had the concussion was phenomenal he was in a really like offensive role he was getting more attempts. They were they were actually setting you know up scoring opportunities for him, which is something that sometimes he gets lost in the shuffle. Um, and we've been attacking Atlanta at the center position all season long. Uh, but you know, twenty five minutes to me either indicates one, the medical staff is like being a little bit more careful with him because of the concussion, or just the blowout, and right. he didn't really need to. And I wouldn't necessarily want twenty five minutes in a blowout from Stephen Adams. So I. That's my only concern. I love this spot for Russ. I love this spot for Adams. Uh, the blowout is my biggest worry. 
it's definitely a concern. Um, I will say, like, I think that the Adams thing was way more the blowout factor. Okay. Um, you know, like, he's dealing with a concussion, which, to me, that's not, like, like an injury that, that they limit you in. You know, like, right. once you pass the concussion protocol, you just go back to playing basketball again. Right. Unless you're the NFL, then you don't even need to pass the concussion protocol. <laughs> right. You, you, can... just, you just have a seizure on the field, and you just get right back out there the next play. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Um, oh my God! That's yeah, but sure. any anyway, I think Adams is in a really nice spot against Atlanta. I like him a lot. I would be more in on Westbrook if Schroeder was playing, because he's just an abomination defensively. So you know, like Atlanta might actually be better on that end if Schroeder sits, which would make me like Westbrook less for that reason. And then obviously the blowout factor without Schroeder, like. I just don't know. It's it's like you said, it's a very tough matchup to gauge. Um, I think that for the most part, blowout concerns can be a little bit overrated in DFS. Yeah. But um, it, it's a matchup where um, there are a lot of question marks, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and Atlanta's, you know, they're, they are currently 27th in average scoring margin, losing by an average of five and 5.3 points on the season. So, um that's not the worst number in the world. Um, five, you know, there are teams that are worse. This is in Sacramento, for example. Right. I will say that Bazemore might be interesting. Like, I hate targeting wings against the Thunder, but Bazemore has shown a pretty huge ceiling recently. He's gone for close to 40 in three of his last five games on DraftKings, and obviously he's going to see a usage bump if Schroeder's out of the lineup. So he might be somebody that I'm looking to um you know use if Schroeder's out and I don't think it would be the worst idea if you are interested in this game for tournaments to use sort of like a game stack you know and and just kind Mm -hmm. of play both sides and hope that it stays competitive yeah I I think that that's probably the way to do it and you probably rest you know you probably get Russ and 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 Steven Adams in there and then maybe some of the wings in Atlanta who you know are going to get the minutes um yeah, I Baysmore is not necessarily someone that I consistently roster, but I'll tell you what, like uh, those are some impressive numbers that he's putting up, and this is what they're paying him to do, you know. So he, uh, you know, maybe he's finding a little bit of a groove. Yeah, Kent Baysmore will never touch a cash game lineup of mine. Fair enough. Like that's like it's a perfect spot for Schroeder to be out and Baysmore to be like forty percent owned and have nine fantasy points tomorrow. <laughs> Like that is the Kent Bazemore experience to a T. <laughs> but just given the ceiling that he's shown, I think he should be on the radar for GPPs. One of seven shooting, 23 minutes, and uh, a few rebounds. Yeah, that'll be it. Okay, next game up, we have the Clippers at the Houston Rockets. Houston finally lost the other day. Uh, as 15-point favorites to the Lakers. So, you know, what do we know about basketball? Um, They're favored by 11.5 in this game against the Clippers, and it's a 219-point total. Uh, Some big injury news for the Rockets. Chris Paul is going to miss the game with a leg injury, and Clint Capella is doubtful with a heel injury. Uh, Luke Richard and Bob Mute remains out. And then for the Clippers, Wesley Johnson and Danilo Gallinari are both out as well. So let's start with the Clippers. Um, I've been using um, Lou Williams quite a bit 
but he's been letting me down recently. I think I'm going to fall back into the trap yet again here, though. Lou Williams' revenge game in H-Town? <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. Sixth man of the year. Uh, yeah, I. you know, the problem with that I saw, I had, I had a lot of <laughs> – Wednesday night was not fun because let's say this. I had a lot of Lou Williams and Chris Paul. Uh, so everything kind of fell flat. Um, I just, I can't tell if, if doc is saying, you know, listen, like you, you, you played a a ton of minutes for us while everybody was injured. Like, we're going to ease you back into this. We gave you a night off, get 28 minutes against Phoenix. You need him to get, you know, 30 minutes and plenty of usage. And, um, that, that is kind of the concern with me. Because he's a scoring-dependent guy, uh, especially when you have real true point guards out there, and Teodosic and, and Rivers is playing the point guard. He, you know, those assists aren't going to be there. Um, so, you know, we need we need twenty-five points from him. Um, but you're right. This is a, this is an interesting spot, a pace-up opportunity. They need the scoring to keep up with them. We know he feels comfortable in this building. Um, there's a lot of reasons to like him. Yeah, and I'm not super concerned about his recent numbers. You know, he only played 28 minutes against Phoenix, but they won that game by uh, 13. You know, like, I don't think they needed to go crazy with him there. And he had a 36% usage rate in that game. He just shot uh, 6 for 18 from the field. So not a great shooting night. And then Miami, it was even worse. He was 4 for 16 from the field. But he played 36 minutes in that one and had a usage rate of, like, 32%. So... The, the shot attempts are still there. I think the minutes yeah. are going to be there in a competitive game. And, you know, the poor fantasy numbers have brought his price down a little bit in what's easily, you know, a, 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 one of the better matchups. Like, I know Houston plays good defense this year somehow, but, but like, it's still a, a really nice pace spot for the Clippers. So uh, I'm going to go back to the well. He burned me on Wednesday, too, but... You know, we gotta have you gotta have a short term memory. Like we gotta be like quarterbacks. You know, who just threw a pick and uh, may or may not be concussed. We gotta have a short memory. Um, I I I agree with that. Um, then I guess the next question is: is can we go back to can we go back to DJ? Um, you know, he he has been a high usage guy for the Clips. His price is up. Everybody's aware of it. You know, the rebounding upside is there. No Capella. Uh, possibly gets you know a combination of Nene and the Ryan Anderson. I mean, there really doesn't feel like there's going to be anybody else down there who really wants to challenge him for serious rebounding, um, <clears throat> especially you know on the uh, on the Clippers defensive side there. So, um, do you think he can break forty fantasy points? That's probably about what I'd expect for him. Uh, I think he's a fine play here. The one thing I will say, and I. It may not even be worth saying because I have literally zero numbers to back this up. But just from like a gut thing, like, you know, watching basketball, playing basketball, teams that shoot a lot of threes tend to generate a lot of long rebounds. Mm. So, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily going to benefit DeAndre, given that Houston, I saw something on Twitter that Houston could shoot like 750 shots in a row from inside the three point line and still lead the league in percentage of field goals attempted from three-point range. So Good God. They just shoot so many three-pointers that it's really unbelievable. So, you know, maybe he has slightly less rebound upside than we've seen from him in this matchup, but 
you know, without Capella, they're certainly not going to push Nene super hard. I could see him obviously having his way with whoever they choose to play at the center position. Yeah, I mean, you look at teams that allow a lot of scoring inside the paint, and I'm thinking about a team, like the only possible profile that matches matches here for me is is Cleveland. You know, a team that will shoot a ton of threes. They're hyper efficient offensively, um, but they, you know, they kind of sacrifice the paint in order to spread. You know, play that spread offense. Mm-hmm. He had fifty five against them. Okay, I mean, he had he had he had twenty and twenty two, which I don't think that people are interested in playing DJ at eighty four hundred dollars on Fanduel. Um, but I think it's an interesting spot to maybe be aggressive. Um, you know, uh, in, in this situation. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with him for sure. I think he's still, you know, pretty fairly priced. And I also have some interest in Milos. Um, he's playing like roughly 27 minutes a game. And at 4900 on DraftKings, I think that that's enough for him, you know, to pay off his salary relatively easily. You know, like he's had um, 28 and a half, 28 and a half, 24 and a quarter, and then 19.75 against the Spurs in the games that he's seen at least 25 minutes. So, nice. yeah, I like Milos at his, va- at his salary. I think he can definitely be a little bit of a value. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I'm, staring at, I'm staring at James Harden here and Eric Gordon, and I'm, I, you know, they're, they're both going to get the usage bump without Chris Paul, and I'm thinking about how bad the Clippers have been against the wing because if you think about it, and at that shooting guard position, you're looking at Austin Rivers and Lou Williams. I mean, they're literally 30th in DVP to the shooting guard. They're dead last. Um, do you jam them both? Do we jam them both in there, or is it, or is it one over the other? I have no I problem know. playing them both. Um, I think that Gordon on FanDuel might be the better value of the two. Yeah, but. Like, you can't go wrong with James Harden in this spot. It's such an elite spot. Like, we've seen him just crush without Chris Paul in the lineup this season. I mean, he played basically 43 minutes against the Lakers and just destroyed them without Chris Paul. He put up 51 points. So uh, it's going to be really hard for me to build a cash game team on FanDuel without James Harden in it tomorrow. Yeah, I think that that's sharp. And, you know, I mean... 35 35% usage rate and 1.5 fantasy points per minute without Chris Paul on the court. I mean, KD is in a phenomenal spot as well, but like like how do you ignore James Harden in this situation? I don't think you can. No, I I I agree. Um and I think that it's it is conceivable to play both of those guys together. Um I did that on Wednesday and it worked out even though Durant only had like 36 fantasy points or something like that because there was so much value and yep. we could theoretically have something similar like Nene at 3700 for cash games I think is going to be a really strong center play as well yeah well and um yeah well we'll talk about it there's definitely there's definitely some value in some of the games we're talking about soon here right and you know like it's not even just the minutes and the price for Nene it's also the matchup like the Clippers for as good as DeAndre Jordan, you know, may seem defensively, they have been the worst team in the league this season, or one of the worst teams uh, in terms of fantasy points to the center position. So I think Nene is in a really, really good spot here. Um, you know, as far as like just pure value, he might be the best on the team if Capella ends up sitting out. I like that call. 
Okay, next game, we have the Charlotte Hornets at the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks are favored by 5, 211.5 total. Uh, for Charlotte, Trevion Graham is questionable, and then Michael Carter-Williams and Michael Kidd-Gilchrist are both probable. Uh, Milwaukee got Tony Snell and Matt Delavadova and uh, Jason Terry back last game, so they're they're basically now at full strength. So who do we like here in this game? Um, you know, Giannis Pops, obviously, at home. I love Giannis at home um, anytime he's there. The issue that I have is is that Charlotte, you know, he actually st- struggled um, earlier in the season against Charlotte, and theoretically it makes sense. They have a big rim protector, a lot of length from, uh, on the wings um, to just kind of slow him down and transition. They don't allow a lot of transition points. They are a pretty s- disciplined team as far as rebounds and, you know, turnovers and that kind of thing. So it doesn't feel like a situation where you're going to get Giannis is Giannis is ceiling out of him um and he's been playing almost 40 minutes like you really want the pace bump when you want Giannis um in your lineup um and there's been a lot of good spots for that this doesn't feel like it's necessarily one of them um Charlotte's just this Charlotte team is not very good and I don't really they got destroyed by Toronto the other night and I don't really know how fantasy viable they're going to be this season except for when they're in really really good matchups and this doesn't necessarily profile as a really good matchup against a pace down team in milwaukee on the road yeah i i agree with that for the most part um i will say that milwaukee is another team that gets just abused on the boards yeah so i could see oh, myself so dwight. using dwight howard here. yeah um that's really the only guy i mean nicholas batum at 5,500 is intriguing on DraftKings, but I don't like targeting, you know, wings on Milwaukee. So uh, I'll probably limit my Charlotte exposure to Dwight, but I think that it's a really, really good spot for him. And then conversely, on the other side, I like me some John Henson for the Bucks. Um, really? Yeah, he's been like really good on a per minute basis, but the hard part with him is just knowing which game he's going to actually get the minutes in. I think against a team like the Hornets with Dwight Howard, they're going to have to play him, you know, to serve as sort of like a a rim protector, rebounder type of of role. And, you know, he's been, his numbers have been excellent recently. He's coming off 28 and a half minutes against Cleveland and 31 and a half minutes against Houston. I think if he sees in that range at 4,400 on DraftKings, he's a really, really strong value. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And the news isn't necessarily out on Henson. He's the kind of guy that profiles as a pretty solid cash game play with the floor there. Um, if you needed that, someone in that price point. Um, yeah, uh, that that makes sense to me. And I'm with you on Giannis. Like, uh, he needs to play, you know, over 40 minutes to, to return value, I think, at, at this current salary. And while that's certainly within the realm of possibility, like the other guys are just in better spots. So maybe that means Giannis is like a good tournament play because of the ownership factor. But I I think personally, I'm just going to bite the bullet and play James Harden. You know, like I, yeah. I think that is like the definition of getting too cute if you go Giannis over Harden here. Yeah. Or, I mean, even Giannis over KD right. uh, at yes. the small forward position. I think KD at home against the Lakers is, you know, much more comfortable with him at that. Totally agree. 
All right, next game, we have the Denver Nuggets at the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Gary Harris is questionable, same for Emmanuel Moutier. And then the big news here is Lillard is out for the Trailblazers. So uh, let's start with the Nuggets. If you listen to this podcast at all, you know that I am a Jamal Murray fanboy. Um, So the past few weeks have been, you know, like an early Christmas present for me. Uh, I've got to really just sit back and enjoy my man doing what he does, which is draining threes and uh, playing no defense. So, so just uh, hammering the three, like he's been, he has been on fire, which is what he profiled as when he entered the league was, you know, right. to be like an elite level shooter. So he started the year in a major uh, shooting slump. Not super surprising to me that he's bounced back, but uh, if. Harris and Moutier are out again. Like Murray to me is going to be another, another just, it's another spot for me to load in him, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's perfectly fine. I think you have to consider some of the value that you're going to get too with this wing rotation. I mean, when you had Harris out, you saw Tory Craig and Wilson Chandler both get 37 minutes. Um, and, you know, Wilson Chandler is interesting because he'll bounce between the four and the three. And it seems like Torrey Craig is similar in a very similar role. Now, you know, limited fantasy production um, for Craig, for sure, because he's kind of just been a defensive player. He's a guy on a two-way contract uh, for Denver. So they, But they clearly feel comfortable with his defense. They clearly feel comfortable with him being on the floor, the energy that he brings maybe. Um, you know, that's a good thing. And he is still really, really inexpensive. Will Barton hasn't really shown much in the last two games. you got to trust that in this – kind of a situation Barton can can bounce back um so I'm, I'm paying attention to the Gary Harris injury because that that small forward value with Torrey Craig and Wilson Chandler is very intriguing to me um and you, you're right I mean Murray is 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 borderline lock because of the usage and the ability to score um especially without Damian Lillard in the lineup yeah what did Will Barton do to like lose minutes to a dude named Torrey Craig not play defense. I guess that's I mean, fair. <laughs> that's what he, he doesn't. He doesn't really do that. You don't call him. We don't call him Will the Thrill because he plays defense. Right. You know? He plays very thrilling D. He um, the other thing is, I heard an interesting point brought up about his game. Is that somebody was saying on some NBA podcast that like he thrives in chaos, and that sometimes the teams that are a little bit more disciplined in the half court, like you see this in the Oklahoma City game, hmm. good defensive, good defensively. He is going to not, he's not going to thrive in that game. But you look at the Pacers game, for example, pace up team uh, that wants to play running up and down the court. That's when Barton is really going to, really going to shine. So, um, you know, does a matchup with, um, does a, does a matchup here with uh, Portland benefit him? I don't know because they've actually been very efficient defensively, uh, top five in, in defensive efficiency over the course of the year. So, something to think about. Yeah, I feel that. Um, this is a uh, a hashtag revenge game too. If uh, if you're yes. into that, if Will Barton can have a revenge game, I, I, I don't know if he played like more than like a hundred career minutes for Portland. But uh, anyway, I might I might talk myself into getting some exposure to him just because at fifty nine hundred, like we've seen what this guy is capable of if he yep. does get into the right spot. 
So oh yeah, uh, I mean it, you, Lou Williams, Lou Williams, and Will Barton, and either you are making a lot of money that <laughs> night or or go to bed early. Right, but I'm, yeah, I'm with you that this game, if Harris is out, like there could be like three, four, even five guys. We didn't even talk about Nikola Jokic yet. He's seventy four hundred on DraftKings. That's that's bananas. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. That is, you know, and there's going to be a, there's going to be a Jokic game coming up here. Now, is it against Nurkic? There's another quasi revenge narrative that you may want to. I mean, he got 36 minutes against Minnesota. Now, the issue that I have there is is that Cat is not good at defense. How did he only score 30 fantasy points against Carl Anthony Towns' defense? I'll and it's tell because, you how. He had 10 what? turnovers. Did he, oh my gosh. He had I didn't 10 even see that. turnovers. So, wow. yeah, his usage rate was sky high. He had a 33.3% usage rate in that game. But usage rate obviously includes turnovers. So yeah, that's right. a little bit inflated. So, yeah, I mean, if he's going to play 36 minutes, like there's no, there's no doubt that he's going to be a value at 7,400. Well, and you have to think that those 10 turnovers probably come from him trying to facilitate like he does. If you flip five of those turnovers into assists, then all of a sudden you're looking at a pretty serious line for Jokic. So right. I, I I like that. I like that call. Yeah, so I'm definitely in uh, hard on this game. All right, let's flip over to Portland. I mean, I think C.J. McCollum, obviously he's not sneaking up on anybody on this slate. He averaged roughly 45 DraftKings points a game last season without Lillard that said like his numbers with Lillard off the floor this season are actually pretty unimpressive so I'm not sure which way I'm really leaning in this spot yeah the raw usage for me is still interesting 33.8 percent usage he's under uh he's under a fantasy point per minute um but you know if we see Lillard miss any extended time I think we'll probably we'll probably see those numbers adjust because I think the thing that we we do one of the things that I like to remember is, is it, I believe McCollum was a point guard when he played in college, um, and he's a converted two guard to play alongside. And Stotts will often play him on the second line as a point guard, uh, and he did that a lot last year when Shabazz Napier was injured and they needed uh, somebody to kind of run the offense. So. I like the idea of CJ McCollum coming into some extra peripheral production, maybe a couple more assists. Uh, something like that. Uh, I think that that bodes well, and we're still we're going to see him at the basically the lowest price that you're going to see him. And if this is a serious hamstring injury that's going to keep him out, you want to jump on that price. Shabazz Napier though is also just a lock and load. I mean, he's nearly min price. He's offensively capable. He's going to you know he he had he's only had two games this year where he's played over 24 minutes, and in both of those he was almost over a fantasy point per minute. So. I think Shabazz Napier is your cash game lock and load value point guard um, and uh, just be fine with it. Lock him in and, and, and figure out the rest of it. Yeah, I, I like the call with Napier. Uh, I'm also going to throw Evan Turner out there on DraftKings at 3,800. Uh-oh. You sure? You sure I'm about that? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> I could see him sort of sliding into the McCollum role and being the facilitator with the second unit. Okay. So I, I could see a little bit of increased potential for him as well. He's definitely like third on the list of those guys for me, but uh, he's just somebody to keep in mind for, he would be more of like a tournament type play. You know, I, I, the one guy that we're not talking about is, is Nurk. 
And the usage, the usage is showing me that Nurk has a 32% usage rate without Lillard on the floor. And if you talk about a guy who is going to, is, you know, a very small sample size because they, they play more, a lot more together. But talk about a guy who really would want to step up offensively and has a propensity to like take a lot of shots. Nurk, this is a Nurk revenge game. I mean, and Denver is allowing the second most points in the paint uh, in the NBA right now. Only Indiana allowing more. You know, Jokic is Jokic is n- not a high quality defender. Now, you're, you know, Nurk Nurk is not exactly you know an athletic superstar, but this could be a game where these guys trade buckets and and blows and and could be a lot of fun. Uh, and he's he's really cheap. I mean, he's sixty eight hundred on FanDuel. If you're going to see thirty four minutes from Nurkic and and an increased usage rate, that's not bad. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that play for sure. I mean, the usage rate without Lillard is an interesting point. It's definitely I wouldn't have expected it to be that high. So yeah, maybe he becomes you know, more of a facilitator, and that's why McCollum's numbers are down with, with uh, you know, without Lillard this season. It's a, it's a really interesting, um, you know, thing to think about because I definitely think he'll go a little bit under the radar even in, you know, a quote-unquote revenge game. Yeah, so. he hasn't he hasn't had a lot. He hasn't really had one of those games this year where everybody was like, oh, my God. Right. All right, last game of the night. Lakers at the Golden State Warriors, uh, no spread at the moment. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, uh, I believe, is going to be able to play in this game. You know, he had this weird thing where he got like a DWI, and he's not allowed to play to leave the state for like a month. So that's why he didn't play in that Houston game. But Golden State is still in California, so I think he'll be able to play. That's something to just double check and confirm, but I'm, I'm like 90% sure he's in. Brooke Lopez is out. Uh, he has an injury that's going to sideline him for up to three weeks. And then uh, Draymond, Zaza, and Andre Udala are all questionable for Golden State. Sean Livingston is doubtful. So uh, the real reason I had a good night on Wednesday was my man Kuzma. <laughs> Kuz. Can we go back to the Kuz here again? It is. I, I'm going to be very clear about this. I am, I am, I am off the coos at least on Fanduel. What it? Let me check it. What's his price on DK right now? Sixty three. Sixty three is aggressive. Sixty eight on Fanduel is kind of out of the range for me. And the only reason I say that is, is because you have Draymond coming back, and you had an unsustainable career shooting night for Kuzma in the first half. He went six for six from the arc. <laughs> like that that's unbelievable uh you know and like I love Kuz like 38 points is not a line a number that he has done now he's done some great stuff no doubt about it but there is no way that Draymond Green is gonna let him score 38 points on him you know like it's one thing when it's Ryan Anderson you know and 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 PJ Tucker Right. You know, PJ Tucker is pretty good defender. Nothing to take anything away from him, but um, I just don't see it. And I think I I see a lot of people chasing. Honestly, I would rather go back to to Julius Randle and Larry Nance. Agreed. They're cheaper. We know the minutes are going to be there. They Nance played phenomenally. I mean, Larry Nance had you know he had a point a fantasy point over a fantasy point per minute. He had thirty two fantasy points in just twenty two minutes. 
Um, and, and Julius Randle is now center eligible on FanDuel, which is, makes him one of the best values uh, at the center position at 5,100. So interesting spot to play there. Yeah, I'm honestly a little upset about that because power forward has been such a weak position all year. I know. So, I know. Uh, you know, that honestly might make me less likely to play Randall, but uh, it's it, it's a perfect buy low spot on him. Definitely. You know, I think he'll play more minutes. I mean, he we know that this guy is a talented player when he gets the opportunity. He's averaged more fantasy points per minute than either Nance or Kuzma this season. Um, when, you know, it's just a matter of how many minutes is he going to play. So I think he's a very intriguing, uh, tournament guy. And I'm, I'm definitely in on Lonzo Ball. You know, I don't love the matchup against the Warriors, although without Steph Curry, they're so much less likely to blow out another team. It seems like they, they've been like an under machine without Curry this season. I think there's something like six and two, the under in the Warriors games, which is just something else to keep your eye on here. But um, Lonzo has shown some improvement as a shooter, and given what he already does in the peripheral categories, if he can keep giving us some some offensive numbers, I think he's a, a really nice value here at you know only seven k on uh, DraftKings. I am a card carrying Lonzo skeptic um, because I hate his shot. It causes me to cringe. It's gross. It's gross. It's really bad. And it's a damn shame that some coach didn't pull him aside when he was 14 years old and was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, well, if he tried, LeVar would have, you know, <laughs> taken him away. That's right. But the, the consistency of the peripherals is unbelievable, and I love it. Um, because even if he can't hit, he's going to give you a floor because the man has been getting almost 40 minutes per game. He's got seven rebounds, seven assists, a steal, and a block on average in each of it er, in his last five. Um, and like you said, he's been scoring. He's only scoring like thirteen points a game, but with the ability to do those other things, you just create such a nice floor. And I think that yeah, I think that he is a nice late hammer. A lot of people don't necessarily go to him in this spot, but he's the kind of guy that you know he's owned at eight percent, and um, you know he he helps you uh, helps you get through the end of the night. Yep, and somebody else who has just been playing a billion minutes is Brandon Ingram. Yeah. He's gone for 41, 40, 39, and 40 in his last four games. So he's somebody else that you could definitely consider using. Um, not a great matchup against the Warriors, but you know it is a, it's a nice pace spot. This should be a really fast-paced game, and if you're going to play that many minutes, you know, you'll have a chance to put up numbers against anybody. Do you think KCP can do what he did last time out? Or I mean, he he played like he played phenomenally well in the first half of that game. Um, you know, the steals and the blocks. I think he had you know two steals in the first half. Uh, very very active and shot very poorly. Like four for seventeen from the field. Did not shoot very well. Like missed some bunnies um, and still came in with thirty six fantasy points. Like. The whole world rushes in to roster Eric Gordon, and I may just pivot over to KCP in some of these spots because um, they're almost the exact same price. Yeah, I don't hate KCP. I mean, I really think you can play all your Lakers here. Like, I have no problems with it. It's it's a it's a good spot for them. Like, you know, it, the Warriors without Curry, it's been proven, are a completely different team. Like, yeah. And I think that this completely—I don't even know if it really was an argument, but— 
You know, Durant might be their best player. Steph Curry is hands down their most important player. Like they, they are not the same spacing machine without him drawing defenses. You know, he's like an all time, maybe the best shooter ever. And you just can't replicate that even with all the talent that the Warriors have. Completely agree. All right. So let's flip over to the Warriors. Um, Kevin Durant, you know, he's been real good. He, he had a uh, down game against the Grizzlies, but you know, it wasn't due to a lack of usage. It was more just the fact that the Grizzlies are a slow paced team and they still play some defense even, you know, in their old age here. So, uh, is this a spot where you're looking to get back on the well with Durant? It's, it's basically going from like the, one of the worst spots in basketball to one of the best. 110%. I love it. I'm going straight back to him. He shot poorly in that Laker game uh, and still put up 31 points. Now, five minutes of overtime will help you do that. Um, but he, I think there was some ridiculous number in the first half. He was like three for 12, uh, two for 12, some some terrible number. He could have scored He could have scored 40 points in that game and, and kept it out of overtime. But the fact that he played so poorly in the first half uh, changed that. He clearly feels unbelievably comfortable against this team, I think, you know, to put up those numbers um, and basically take over the game in the second half. Now he's at home. Um, Yeah, I I think you are doing almost everything that you can to jam in James Harden and Kevin Durant in your cash game lineups. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, on FanDuel, it shouldn't even be that hard. You know, FanDuel, you have so much cap space. You can really do whatever you want as long as you can find you know, one or two quality punts. Uh, on DK, you may have to choose between the two. So if you could only play one, which one would it be? Um, I think it would probably be Harden, only because I'm going to trust I'm going to trust that he has a higher potential for, you know, the double-double upside. Kevin right. Durant's going to have, he's going to have the um, the return of, of Draymond which may limit some of the assists and rebounds. It doesn't limit the scoring, but it does lift, limit some of the peripheral upside that, that KD might have. You know, a couple of those uh, rebounds and, and stuff might go, go, to, go to Draymond. Um, so I think it's probably hardened for me here in, in that situation. Okay, I totally agree. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's close. Um, and I'm going to do everything possible to get them both in. Yeah, it's worth it. And who else on the Warriors, if anyone, are you looking at here? I can't get Clay right this year, so I I'm gonna wait until until someone else tells me when it's a good time to play him. Um, I I just can't I can't get him right every time I play him. It's 27 fantasy points, so I'm not going there. I like Draymond as a tournament in, in a tournament lineup. I I really 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 quietly am in love with Omri Caspi. Everybody was like in love with Omri Caspi when KD was sitting. But look at the numbers recently, man. Like he has been unbelievable. Twenty-five minutes at a minimum in the last three games, double doubles in a lot of these. He is probably going to see a little bit more of a limited role without um with that with Draymond back, but you know, with no Zaza and possibly Iguodala sitting out sick, like Omri Caspi is gonna be a guy that I lock in in a lot of lineups um if if Iguodala is out. Yeah, that's I like that call. Um, I think he's very tough to play if everyone's active, but yeah, yeah. But um, he's like just a good basketball player, you know. Yeah, I, he was like good on the Kings that one. There's that one year on the Kings where there was like an Omri Caspi week, 
I don't know Dude. if you remember that, but he was going for like over forty a night. It was uh, that was a fun. That week. was the that was one. Of, it was one of the biggest storylines. The off season was like everybody was like, "Oh man, the the, the the you know the Warriors get so much better." And everybody's like, "Yeah, Jordan Bell, yeah, Swaggy P." And they're like, "Omri Caspi, like, how did they get Omri Caspi? Like, what a quality rotation player, you know?" And it's just right, perfect fit. He can shoot. Perfect fit. Yep. All right, uh, that is going to do it for this edition of On the Daily uh, for. Sean, who you can find at tw- on Twitter at Hey Mr. Kane. I am Matt Lamarca at Matt Lamarca. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to On the Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.